0: Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening.
1: Uh, We're season seven Under the Water Tower, and uh, I just talked across the table here to Fishbeck. I can't believe they picked us up for another season. Brand new contracts. Woo. Uh, it's probably, probably because the screenwriters guild are, and the actors are all on strike. They so needed t- somebody. <laughs> so <There's any> content. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Preparation H.
2: Wow. <laughs> so that's the first thing popped in
1: my head. We're that's off to a great start. That's terrible.
2: That can be used for many things. So... Um, oh my God! Pimples, lots of things. There's different. Th- if you have sores, because it's, it's drying. <laughs> I I don't. Oh, what a gross conversation.
1: Why do we? This, this is not <laughs> Daryl, going. Through. Should we scratch this <laughs> we and start? Out? This. No, this is good. This <laughs> is all us, oh. Joe. I mean, um, what's our one oh what? my goodness, you can't jo? even think of our jo. one. Is it Joe? Jo? Okay. Yeah. Well, because you've jo, got two, two Joes. Yeah, Friends, but the, the other and I was like, Joe, is that right, Joe, Joe? I've yeah. got I've actually, actually like four Joe. I mean, there's only like five names you can have to be my friend. Appa- apparently. One of them is Joe. i like got Joe. Like five Jamie and Joe. Um, so the, there's the Shaw. He's in Florida. That's he's who a I was fan. thinking of. Hi, Joe. There's Chambers, <laughs> who I think you're thinking That's of. Now, he don't care about anything we do here. Uh, he will never listen to this. In fact, right now he's meditating deep spiritual thoughts on the Pacific, on the Pacific Coast Trail, Coast trail. Um, off in the woods. What was his his trail name? Oh, something pa- Bacon Man Bacon or something. No, Rev. The Rev or the something, Rev, the okay. Pastor Rev or something. Okay, yeah, sorry, a random thought popped in my head. <coughs> we are off the rails. I wasn't going to say off to a great start, <laughs> but now we're off the rails here in season seven. Who else is with us? Jamie and I have been doing lots talking. Missy talked about pimples. Joni, are you here? We're just
3: listening. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. We're all fine. I, We're I fine? I nothing. Mm-hmm. So
1: what are mm-hmm. we doing? This is a new season. Are we doing something different? Are we picking up where we left off? What's happening this year? I believe we made an executive decision to turn the page on uh, a topical approach. Well, we, for the last, I think, two seasons at least, it's been very, very topical. We did Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I, I, in fact, I recommend that all of you pull that out every year around Thanksgiving and just listen to those again. That
2: was fun. Yeah, that
1: was good. Um, and then we also did a whole season. That, and also, when you do that, make all your friends sit in the dark room and listen to them with you.
3: Wow, it doesn't have to be a dark room, <coughs> and you won't
2: have it any friends It makes it better.
1: <laughs> the, <laughs> the, and then the the one before that I believe was the spiritual discipline themes, mm-hmm. which we did uh, that uh, something close to that or. Or hot topics or something. It was very topical. So what we're doing is we've decided to talk about the book of Isaiah.
3: And we sat in a room (coughs) just like this for like hours and hours and hours and deliberated on like what the topic was going to be.
1: Prayer, fasting, gnashing uh, of teeth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well all and, lies and by that what we mean is we had like five or six different ideas and we rock paper scissored it down and until we got we did he's, t- t- he's t- telling the truth <laughs> that's exactly what we do. we rock paper scissored it down until we got to Isaiah um, what we're doing though is, is picking up about seven or eight key passages we're gonna go verse by verse no <laughs> that's not a good methodology for anything well, there's only 66 <laughs> chapters. So. Well, what I wanted, to, I, I've got, I've got my my opening paragraph here is in in our text here, which is Isaiah 6. If you if you're listening while driving, don't look it up. Uh, but if you are listening with a Bible in front of you, open up to Isaiah 6. We're going to read it in just a few moments. Um, there's at least seven key issues, at least seven, probably 17, in this text that we could talk about. And I don't know which one you want to start with first, but none of that actually includes any back matter to Isaiah in this at all. Uh, Misty, Joni, Daryl, how d- deep do you want to go into the some of the back matter or front matters it may be? Read what you got. Well, I don't, I'm not I'm reading anything.
2: Well, you said you had a paragraph to start off. I just didn't. did it.
1: That, oh, that was I, the, I just no. did that it. That, that, was was it. that was the paragraph. That was the
3: paragraph. <laughs> well, let's, let's go into the back matter because I think the back matters –
1: it always does. Um one part of the back matter is we're gonna read this Isaiah six chapter in just a moment, and this is Isaiah's call and his commission wrapped up into a a, a theophany, a vision of, of heaven. But it's in chapter six. That's a weird place. Mm-hmm. Where would you normally put your call?
3: Well usually you'd one? put it at the beginning. At the
1: beginning. Yeah.
3: But things in the scripture are not always linear.
1: Well, there's th- a reason they are in, in Jeremiah. It's right there at the beginning.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> Isaiah's different. I think it. She, how he, how different? He had to get to the the reason for like I'm gonna lay it all out. This is the reason for, and here we are.
1: Mm, okay. Do you I, disagree I, I, with
3: me that? Mmm, sounded like you did.
2: I don't. Well, Jonah's know. kind of that way. The book of Jonah, too, it's kind of gives you some backstory before it hits. <laughs> <laughs> What's what? going on? <laughs>
1: The backstory here.
2: (laughs) Oh, I think this needs
1: to be our soundtrack. I I was going to reference this song, And and I thought Joni won't know it. I (laughs) I have no uh, idea. When we we started talking about chapter six of Isaiah, that was just the song that that came to mind. If anybody got that from that short clip, pat yourself on the back if you know what that is.
3: And we don't own the rights to that music either. That's why why we paid like a two second clip. Anybody does. But
1: we will give them credit. So, Mm. where I was going (laughs) is before music came from nowhere, maybe it is because he builds up to it. I mean, he, chapter one is the huge um, accusation, this this rant and rave about you're so horrible <laughs> and you're so terrible and has that great line, come let us reason, though your sins be as scarlet, they may be as white as can snow. Can meet a snow. Sorry, another song reference. What? Another song reference. Blind can meet him a, come let us reason. It's an old hymn. Yeah, but he wrote a song, too. I but think. It's, it's a really old hymn. Maybe he wrote it. He's not that old. He's in his 70s. But it's an old hymn. Keep, and keep and talking. It, and it's based on <laughs> the Bible. power
3: of Google.
1: I believe it's Isaiah 118, I believe. Is the exact. <laughs> anyway. it's <He's> really old. <laughs> uh, Ken Miniman didn't read it. Isaiah Hi. wrote <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, really, really old. Well, DJ, DJ. Isaiah didn't write the music version. How uh, do you know? Yeah, exactly. How David. do you know? Maybe. David wrote it. Um, but that gets us to the, the whole composition of Isaiah in general. And I, I want to spend a whole lot of time in the individual podcasts on this. But I do think it'd be wise for us to spend some time <clears throat> here with Isaiah's call, because this is about an individual named Isaiah who writes in the first person. Because who who shall I send? Here I am, send me. It's first person. I saw the Lord. A lot of Isaiah is not first person. A lot of it is third person. Um, a lot of it is uh, the Lord's voice talking to people. Uh, and it's sometimes just one seemingly disconnected oracle after another that don't always fit. So one of the big key issues is, do we have one person, Isaiah, who writes all these? Are you guys familiar with the multiple Isaiah motif? Fishbeck? In in my um, um, hours of study and preparation for today's podcast, I do remember reading something about that. What did it say? It said, Isaiah may not have written the whole thing. Or, do you have multiple Isaiahs? I did not pick up that part. Um, That's another idea. Joni, you're you're shaking your head. Just that
3: there's three parts, and they're pretty different.
1: Well, sometimes they say three parts. Some take a three Isaiah approach, and some take a two Isaiah approach. Um, I'm more of a two Isaiah approach, one through 39, then 40 through 66. Um, However, if I get to heaven and discover, no, there was one guy, Isaiah, (laughs) who did it all, I'm fine with that. (laughs) I'm perfectly fine with that. I got no dog in the hunt. It's just the Isaiah scroll is really big, and there's lots of material, and it, it's not always necessarily in the same tone or feel. So it feels like maybe the scribes grabbed a material, put it onto one scroll, and it lived together in this place, um, and, and all took the, the name Isaiah. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Son of Amos is one guy. I don't know if he wrote all of this. He wrote some of this, yeah. and I think Isaiah 6 is him. I think it's his story. Um, Misty, you well, it? Well,
2: I was just thinking. Years ago, we went and saw the the Dead Sea Scrolls. They had come. I can't even remember where we went to see them. Isn't like that a, a cool great exhibit? Minute. Yeah, awesome. it was. It was amazing. And I saw so it in as Seattle. you say that, um, that makes sense. That it's you know they took and, gra- and then kind of composed it all together so you're not real sure they had the replica for
1: the great Isaiah scroll a part yeah. of that exhibit because the real thing never leaves yeah. the museum but uh-huh. it's, it's quite impressive It's very cool yeah um, quite impressive um, it's the great scroll mm-hmm. it's the biggest prophet so having said that who wants to read the actual verses for us who has a good reading voice today go Daryl <coughs> <coughs> I'll do it
2: <laughs> here I am <laughs> can you sing it, please? <laughs> I'm trying
1: to remember the first line of that song. Oh, my goodness. I can remember the chorus. Is all I can the remember. text begins with, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and hey, lofty that's on his throne. my line. <laughs> In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips." For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having, his hand, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Mm. Thank you. You did very well. You only made one couple (laughs) mistakes. That's good. (laughs) Well, di- I have probably my word limit for the podcast, so I'm just going <laughs> to check out and let you all finish it up. So <laughs> see ya. I didn't know there was a word limit. So in my, my th- seven things, which w- it doesn't matter where you start. What's your first uh, – Misty uh, talked a little bit this morning before staff meeting. Do you want to just throw something out there?
2: I'm good. I, I'm good with just starting at the beginning. I just the vision itself. Just starting with um, – I don't know I mean there's a lot there I, I know what my favorite parts are but um let's just start at the beginning in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord sitting up on a throne so for him to have put in there you know in the year to actually state that there must have been some importance to that year
1: so it's a hu- it, it's a huge thing in my personal opinion uh to f- to not just for dating, but personally, uh, I believe our, our, our information is that Isaiah as a person was related to Uzziah, and so he knows him. And there's also a sense of national grief. And, and, um, and so the, the vision of the Lord in the ministry of Isaiah is connected from one epoch, one era, and now there's a new epoch a new era and I think there's something wrapped up in that there's Mm -hmm. a new uh, something new is happening Uzziah is not Mm -hmm. the king anymore yeah
2: and Um, they're worried about it I feel like Isaiah here is thinking okay now what you know now what's going to happen
1: so now you start talking about visions of God in the midst of grief Mm -hmm. uh, in the midst of national grief and uncertainty Mm -hmm. Uh, for them it's national Mm -hmm. and political wrapped up into one of course for us it would be different right we would not necessarily have that same feel although I had a professor <coughs> uh preaching professor good person good man and he uh told us a story that um he never he only preached this passage once and he had never intended to preach it ever because it was so strange <laughs> <coughs> but he was home for lunch i believe on a thursday afternoon or was it a friday and that's when Kennedy was killed, mm. and he was pastoring a church in Houston, and he he talked about how the bulletins were printed, the sermon was written, he's kind of like me, you know, that thing's written six weeks in advance kind of thing, and he comes in though and just devastated, abs- the whole country was that's the only time he ever preached this passage in the year that King Uzziah died Mm. I saw the Lord now that's an application point to this text I would have never grabbed Mm. it takes someone smarter than me who had lived through a national kind of tragedy Mm -hmm. grief in that way to make that connection to make the connection well and I don't know exactly their dating systems but I know that saying things like that were a way to date things very specifically based on who was who was leading and who was in charge and you know, w- with all the prophets, you've got the minor prophets, the major prophets. Um, it's a particular section of the Bible where, you know, you know just to, to lay the, well, the context to this is, any time a prophet is on the scene, there's usually something going on that's not good. <laughs> Whether the people realize it or not, it's like, all right, I need somebody to go speak to what's going on, and here's when it happened, and here's some of the, to kind of pull people into... Um, like you said, as soon as you said Kennedy, um, the assassination of Kennedy, immediately images, mm-hmm. I mean, secondhand images, because, you know, we weren't there. No <laughs> one around this table was alive then. But the the, the grainy f- videos and photographs mm-hmm. and then the secondhand stories we've heard, as soon as you said that, those images come to mm-hmm. mind. And so I, I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like, you know, maybe just that phrase even there for the Israelites or for some of the readers might have immediately conjured up. Certain specific images Well not just just that
2: the king died But (coughs) he didn't just die Of natural causes right I mean the way he died too I think would have been a little bit disturbing To um, the people As well no I don't know about if disturbing Is the right word but maybe um, Are you talking about Kennedy or Uzziah Uzziah. I'm off Kennedy
1: (laughs) 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 I'm going to leave that one alone (laughs) (laughs) So um, Let's not get off of Uzziah Just yet though um, what's fascinating to me is the negative aspect of it. It's not in the first year of the new king. Right. It's right. in the year that King Uzziah died. Mm-hmm. It, it's this. I'm. N- it's the holding on to the negative. It's th- that aspect. We were not to tell too many stories, but last year, uh, I had the privilege of being in the United Kingdom and we were in Canterbury having dinner, having visited the wonderful Canterbury Cathedral, which if you ever get a chance to go, go. Um, and we're, we're there, and suddenly the restaurant, people's personal devices go off, and there's a hush, it was a thriving, bustling place. Uh, you know, it's, it's Britain, so everyone's drunk, <laughs> and so, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Should <laughs> I, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinking? They They're were drinking. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but we're, we're 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 watching the, and just this Paul comes over, and that was when the queen queen had died, mm-hmm. right? Now, not everyone, most people don't even know much. Of, we know more about the royal family probably in the United States right. than most Brits do because they don't care. But in that moment, they suddenly did. Um, and it's just an interesting thing when you're national leader. Mm-hmm. So that long, and Uzziah had been a king for a very long time.
2: That's what I mean. And then the way he died.
1: Yeah. And know. they
3: had asked for a king. This was something they had asked for, and they they loved him. You know, they loved Solomon, but then you know, this is this was you know next best pick, I guess. But um, Uzziah was
1: thought of as a good king mm-hmm. for the most part.
3: But yeah. um, so they they wanted someone to rule over them. So the absence of that was they're not only grieving Uzziah. But they're also grieving the absence of having someone to rule over them, thinking that that was going to be the better solution. I think it
1: could be something to do that. So, are you off of Kennedy, on Uzziah? Tell us all about Uzziah's death.
3: Well, um, he.
2: i was something about he went into the temple mm-hmm. and lit an incense or something. He wasn't supposed to be in there because he's a p- king and only priests are supposed to yeah. go in there. And so he there was, was a, there was a, a, a leprosy a, a, a and some pride and issues. And
1: appropriation of power that yeah. doth not belong. Yeah. yeah. So all of those things going on uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, grief and pain. And that's when we see God. Mm-hmm. Is that your experiences? That is in the midst of our traumas? Not are you, I, don't, more I don't know that. I don't know. I think, let me back up, catch my thoughts here. I think that's definitely <clears throat> when we tend to be more, I think you were about to say the word susceptible or more open or vulnerable or maybe still enough to see and look beyond ourselves. I think, and that's what I, my point I was making about the prophets earlier, is the prophets don't come along in the Bible and say, we were, it was Monday, January 31st, the sun was shining and everybody was happy and life was good. It's usually in the context of some upheaval or some, some stress or, or strain, but I think that sometimes, and to, to, um, to think of the, the 12 steps, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, it, it, the, the first step is, I had to admit my life had become unmanageable. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you look at things like this, it's it's things like that that help us remind that remind us of our, our our fragility of life and how in control, how much we're not in mm-hmm. control of things. And so, nine th- eleven, you c- you t- talk about tragedies and things like that, things that get your attention on like, oh wow, bad things can happen. You can't always be prepared for everything. And I definitely d- I think it does in, at least invite you to. Put your guard down a little bit and, mm-hmm. and maybe be more um, <laughs> humble to listen. I don't know. What mm-hmm. do y'all think? I think 9-11 is
3: mm-hmm. another great <coughs> example of national grief um, for us. But I do think there are those times in in just extreme grief, but it's also in extreme joy. Like when my babies were born, that was a time that I mm. realized, like, this is a miracle. Like, this is a miracle. And just realizing how big God is.
1: So extreme grief for America after 9-11. I agree. But then we went through the grief cycle and we got stuck in anger and we haven't come out. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. agree. <laughs> <That'd be> <laughs> yeah. That was a real problem. What they did, what ancient Israel did, was they went through that grief cycle and they went full bore into uh, denial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, and they never got, got until the exile.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In right. my personal opinion.
1: Yeah. Um. So that's fascinating. The, and that's when you see God. And what did they see? What did he see?
2: Mm. This is what Misty likes. This is my favorite part. The, well, sitting on the throne. First, he, it mentions the Lord sitting up on a throne, high and lifted up. So that's the first thing. What
1: do you think he you saw? I saw the Lord. What did he see?
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, (laughs) Daryl. All
1: right, I have to just interject. Dallas Home, 70s, 80s Christian musician, had a really, 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 really popular song back then called I Saw the Lord. And I think it's based on part of this. Mm. And it says, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and rightfully adored. So he's trying to paint a picture of of, I would think of this this scene in that. Mm. So that's just... Sorry, that's what <laughs> came to mind. So I think dope. it's
3: interesting that he says, I saw the Lord, because, you know, like, there's no images of him, so so what would that mean?
1: And he doesn't tell us what he looked like.
3: right? Mm-hmm.
2: But like, you know.
1: I saw the Lord. What know. did
2: you see? Was it I a say. cloud? He he was it a face? It's was it a... Light. You know? I just, it's I a think it it he a saw light? bright light, you know. But in it, like it the
3: train bright. of his robe, though, like a <laughs> light, temple light with a robe. Yeah.
1: So the Lord's wearing a robe. hmm He's a globe with a robe. robe. <laughs> it's a with robe. <laughs> I like that. That'll <laughs> preach. A globe.
0: No yes, globe there's a much
3: more um, description going into what was around him mm-hmm. than than what he actually mm-hmm. looked exactly, like. Exactly, which is exactly yeah. what you
1: get in the book of Revelation as well. Right, when you start right. translating those, those scenes in the <laughs> throne room of heaven, mm-hmm. almost nothing's spent on what God looks like. It's all spent on going the, on around the him. floor yeah. and the stuff and the mm-hmm. stuff in the sky and the beasties mm-hmm. that's
3: I think though th- that's probably for our own protection so that we don't worship what he looks like but we worship who he is Do you not feel that way <coughs> I feel like if we knew what he would look what he looked like we would be tempted to put uh, make images all over the place just because like
1: well we do that already
3: yeah that's already right right hmm. because we're pretending.
1: Maybe. But he said, I saw the Lord. I don't know if he saw light. I think if he saw bright lights, he'd tell us.
2: I don't know.
1: But he saw the Lord. Now, and he's in the throne room of heaven. Did Isaiah go there? Or is this the temple? Mm -hmm. Right? It's hard Mm -hmm. to know by reading the text. Mm -hmm. Is Isaiah in the temple and he sees one of those... Those moments that where the Holy of Holies would be, suddenly he can see God's presence there. Well, when he says his way.
2: robe filled the, the temple, I mean, you can almost uh, picture that more than his robe filling all of heaven. You know what I mean? It kind of right. brings that imagery to a specific place.
1: So is he, is he in the temple in Jerusalem or in the temple in the heavens? So did did the Lord let him see? I'm going to say heavens. Does it matter? I think it kind of does. It kind of does because it matters whether or not what Isaiah is allowed to see is what was always happening on the throne seat Mm -hmm. of the Ark of the Covenant where God Mm -hmm. indwelled. Mm -hmm. Just humans didn't get a chance to see that because it was hidden from their eyes. Shekinah. And in this Mm -hmm. moment... Isaiah is able to see the world around him as it physically is, even though he can't see it all the time. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Isaiah being taken into heaven and seeing the heavenly realms, the heavenly throne, that's different. Mm -hmm. So who moved or did anybody Mm -hmm. move? Mm
3: -hmm. But later he says the whole earth is filled with his glory. So I almost feel like it's an earthly experience.
1: Okay. I kind of like the vagueness of it. I think it was Eugene Peterson. I cannot believe that you have decided that vagueness and ambiguity is your route. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my line, so it's Darryl. whatever. Oh. <laughs> I have
1: no idea what you're saying. I resemble that <laughs> remark. Um, <Reasonable. laughs> in, in Eugene Peterson's, in, I, l- I love his little in the message translation. Uh, he's got these little brief intros to each book in the Bible. And I just love them. And in there he calls um, Isaiah the supreme p- poet-prophet to come out of the hebrew people and i will probably look at this more in a minute but uh, i think here in this first first chapter a lot or really in isaiah a lot of what he's doing is he's painting a picture of god's holiness Mm -hmm. um holy 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 but his his uniqueness his set-apartness and so it's almost like in my mind where it happened could be we could get we could stumble over the details of where it happened as opposed to that's not the point the point is I saw God, and here's a little bit of what I saw. But what it did is it changed me and it impacted me in a, in a great way. And here's how I responded to it. And and so I kind of like that. It's
3: and maybe that's why we don't get. I a don't picture. like that
1: you brought in Eugene Peterson against me.
3: It's not against <laughs> you in any way. No. <laughs> There's nothing against. I feel
1: targeted. I'm just attacked. expressing because <laughs> I thought mm. Eugene Peterson's a stud, <laughs> and I agree with him. But I. I'm not going to give this up. I think it does matter. I'll tell you why in a minute, but I cut off Jones. No, I'm
3: ready for the why.
1: I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying I can appreciate not knowing, I guess. Well, here's why I think it matters. I believe that when we come in to worship (laughs) the Lord here, our, 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 our church here, our humble sanctuary, which is nothing near as grand as the Temple of Solomon, which is where they would have been, I believe that in that situation, though our eyes don't see it, I believe that there is a spiritual dynamic at play happening similar to what Isaiah saw. I think that he just was able to see what was always there. Mm And um, our worship is best when we allow our mind and our imagination to break through Mm -hmm. the materialism of the moment, Mm -hmm. what we're wearing, what we're looking like, what the temperature is, what the, the, the key it is in. uh, And you're able to move forward and see that what we really are, we are engaged in supernatural activity surrounded by supernatural beings Mm -hmm. in front of the one true God. Yeah. And to me, that's a different than you individually having an experience where you mm-hmm. go up into heaven mm-hmm. i think that's that's something different Well, it talks oh, about oh, go, go ahead. ahead no you go ahead
2: i was just gonna say later when he talks about the altar how when, when the um seraphim mm-hmm. take the you know coal and the altar and so i can see i can see that also what you're talking so about so the seraphim then
1: what are the al- always in the yeah mm-hmm. well, and and once the
2: altar for the altars for us right the throne is for him. The altar is for us.
1: I'm going to ride the fence some more here because I could see it like being all of the above. Whereas I think it's Dallas. Dallas. Just let me. Let me. <laughs> 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 There's some
3: serious eye rolling going on <laughs> for those. He rolled people. his
1: whole head. I think he hurt his neck his on whole that body. One. <coughs>
3: whole body. whole body
1: rolled. I think it was Dallas Willard who really. You're the problem with America today. <laughs> you just can't make a decision. <laughs> I think that he made the point of the king. Using the term the kingdom of heaven. A lot of times we think of that as this place in the sky somewhere but Dallas Willard talks about it's like it's the thing that's closer than our breath and so I almost kind of imagine maybe he is in the temple maybe he sees this in the temple but God's presence is everywhere it spills out of this this kind of is the the place where he encounters him but it's this image of God's glory and his holiness spilling like Joni said all onto the earth onto the universe kind of everywhere so maybe it's more like a, a starting point like this door opens up to seeing god that just continues to expand 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 um like you're saying i totally get that 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 there are spiritual things going on in this room right now um around us that we can't see or perceive per se mm-hmm. well and i
3: think sometimes we we make a mental block you know to block out those things I remember one time with the youth we were worshiping um at a retreat and one of the leaders actually Rick Edwards turned off the lights the kids were kind Mm -hmm. of just Mm -hmm. a little just a little out of it and we we were in the middle of worship and he turned off the lights and we sat there and sang the rest of the time in the dark in the total darkness um and just with the distractions gone how how close you know you just felt the spirit moving Mm -hmm. and I think I think we're always tempted in worship to, to follow the distractions rather than the spirit.
0: You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life mf.life. if you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry visit fmf.life slash give that's fmf.life slash give
1: I'm fascinated by the the dynamics of worship always but equally fascinating are the seraphims I know mm-hmm.
2: that's what was fixing to say we can't skip them
3: we need some <laughs> pictures of those guys
1: well do you know do you know you want to talk about the other places in the Bible they show up?
3: Um,
1: you can't. There I are can't, none. There are <laughs> none. I, <was> like <laughs> <gonna say>. um, <laughs> I don't have that
3: in my notes, but mm. I have burning snake-like creatures.
1: Burning snake-like creatures. I don't like reminds snakes. Me. It kind of reminds so me of the centipede I just let or I guess it was centipede that we just let whatever. go out Did you a count minute ago. The he was huge. I'm glad that your definition where'd you get your definition from?
3: Well, you know. Secret sources. Google. Okay.
1: Well, uh, tra- in, in most most uh, Christian literature, they just refer to them as burning ones. Yeah, Gesenius referred to them as honored ones. Uh, he thought the word seraph connected to there. Uh, but actually, it really has a strong connection to also serpent, which Christians usually don't like to mm-hmm. think about their angels being serpents. Mm-hmm. Right. But what do you think? When you think of burning serpent, what do you think about? Ooh.
3: You think of evil.
1: Now, hold on. Just play with me. Can we play? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can I we don't play? know. Let's play. Do
1: it. I'm going to describe to you something. It's a burning serpent that flies with dragon. wings. That's exactly what this sounds like Aww. to me, right? Six winged dragon. How exciting is that? That's cool. Winged.
3: W- winged. Winged. <laughs> <laughs> well, There's a winged. That's how you say it. Winged? Yeah.
1: Winged. Okay. <laughs> Misty's like, I ain't buying it's a proper way to say it. It's a dragon. Six wings. I get that. A six-winged dragon, which looks a lot like the dragons in the Eastern tradition. Mm-hmm. Right? The the, the, the thinnest serpentine-looking dragons, not the uh, you know Godzilla-looking Pete, dragon. dragon. But they,
3: dragon. they had a word for <laughs> dragon. Why would they or not they have, have just on. used dragon? Do what? They would have had a word for dragon. Why wouldn't they have just used uh. that word?
1: Well, they maybe it's an old it's an old language. Uh, dragon is actually dragon's a more of a drago is a Greek word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Part of the Ma- Malfoy family. I just I just <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with you. I just I just don't know what to do with you. Draco Malfoy. Um, so okay. back back to, to the Seraphim. seraphim. Uh, they are s- clearly some sort of angelic being. Are they the same thing as cherubims?
3: I would say they would have used that word if it was. Cherubims are the little so. fat
1: babies with wings, right? Oh, that's Cupid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I just, <laughs> can yes. I just hit him? Yes. Has anyone ever been kicked off a podcast before?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna pull this thing over. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, cherubims are a different kind of. We think yeah. different kind of angelic being, yet when they're when they're described in other parts of the Bible, cherubim are doing sort of the same things that seraphim are doing, mm-hmm. flying around the altar of God and singing the same song, holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an interesting thought process. Maybe seraphims and cherubims are not different but the same. What you're thinking of is the misrepresentation <laughs> of angelic <laughs> beings that is... Um, <laughs> Endemic mm-hmm. in Western art, <laughs> like the the fat little cherubs mm-hmm. with the wings. Mm-hmm. So in in uh, in Western Van art, Van Halen was that on the Van Halen album? Yeah, yep. probably
3: yep. holding a donut. No, <laughs> 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 they should be though. Pack <laughs> like of Marlboros. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, that's my generation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Love that album. The uh, <coughs> the misrepresentation of angelic beings in Western art. They're either. Cute, adorable cherubs or beautiful women.
3: With blonde mm-hmm. hair,
1: uh, blue well, eyes. Not always blonde. Once you get into uh, e- e- Europe, it's, mm. it's a lot of dark-haired, raven-haired, the or red or fiery. So, but Those are po- the
3: mean ones. My, uh, my, uh, well,
1: did you <laughs> let me? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get kicked off, too. <laughs> <laughs> my My point is that... The, the Bible has an incredible lack of information on angels to begin with. It affirms that they're there, but whatever they look like, they're not cute, adorable cherubs, and they're not beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Uh, those images come more from the Greek pantheon than they do from anything in Scripture. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that almost always is said by a human being who encounters, uh, what's said by an angel Who encounters a human being it's uh fear not don't be afraid Mm -hmm. so whatever it is that an angel looks like it's terrifying Mm -hmm. dragon
2: yeah right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: maybe they all look like that i'm hearing sean connery's voice in the what was the movie he was the dragon's voice why can we not keep (laughs) you on focus (laughs) <laughs> no, I just you're saying all these things, and I have all these images popping up. Oh, it so. wasn't
3: Pete's Dragon because no, I, no, I'm it was. Uh, there was
1: a series, Pete's um, and and he was. It was Dennis Quaid, I think, was in it. It was pretty. It's actually a a, a um, what's it when a movie is doesn't get the popularity it deserves. Um. Underrated. Yeah, but there's a term for it. Anyway, sorry. Lots I, of rotten I tomatoes. I don't know. I'll turn my mic off. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Mm, you're getting the look
1: <laughs> are you done? <laughs> <laughs> I think so are you done? <laughs> so <laughs> angelic beings are terrifying uh, and that also fits for my own two cents worth the idea that the the, the devil, Satan is a fallen angel mm. and he is the serpent in the garden
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and also referred to in the book of Revelation mm-hmm. as that dragon, the uh, the ancient dragon right? this is who he is mm-hmm. and so the similarities there i think are quite telling but Well, and it refers
2: to him too as living creatures living creatures Yeah. so i think and that's on purpose we don't you know he doesn't want to put too much emphasis on them they're there to do a job and to fulfill their purpose but past that we don't really need to know all the details about what they look like
1: calls them living creatures but then gives them almost human-like characteristics mm-hmm. right let's see what have they got got faces, faces. feet uh, they got feet they got wings and i don't voices know how, i don't know how you talk. cover your feet with a
3: so one of my one of the notes that i read said the feet um could have been another word for genitals um and they got that from zipporah and that the, um zipporah and taking off the <coughs> foreskin <coughs> foreskin and slapping it on uh, Moses' Fling, feet flinging it flinging refer
1: back to season season five, 2, two? Yeah, was it that, that far away so wow.
3: but i i think that's a stretch don't you
1: i feel like it's a stretch uh i don't i would have to be i'd have to be given some, some, some very strong linguistic evidence of that and i don't think that just connected to the zipper is is enough um throwing it at his feet is the right the, the phrase that they're thinking of but I don't see that
2: I think but the feet being a human characteristic, you know, they covered their eyes, and then they also covered their feet, just out of humility. You know, I think their if their feet was the, the most humanistic thing about them, then I think that's why they they covered them because they were in the presence of the Lord.
1: Mm. It's also possible that the we're just talking about the symmetry of the wings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. top. Middle. Middle to fly mm-hmm. with in the bottom. But also, too, to, to not, y- you said human characteristics. I mean, if I'm looking at a dog, I might say, well, look at his face, look at his feet. And and just to use the term face or mm-hmm. feet doesn't necessarily mean. So, I mean, if it was dragon-like, I mean, a dragon would have a face. Face to it, but it doesn't necessarily it mean it equates to specific, what we might think right. of as like you're talking Human about the ang- the pretty or angels or whatever mm-hmm. that it could be. Well, a, but it specifically
2: says he covered his face <laughs> and he covered his feet. I mean, why would he? But it put doesn't. It, does, it, it doesn't, doesn't
1: describe what that means. Like, right. was it animal like or dragon like? Yeah, no, I'm not saying
2: that. I'm just saying there's a reason why it says that he covered both. Right. Oh, I totally you know, agree with specific. that.
1: That's specific. Hmm. That's very, very curious. So much going on with the seraphim. But what's, Misty, this is your favorite. What strikes you most about them?
2: That they're these living creatures, and yet they're sinless, right? They've not walked on earth. They've not been, you know, brought into the world. And yet they're still praising the Lord, and they're still honoring him and humbling themselves. And so, if they're doing that, how much more should we?
3: And I think the face covering was part of that because yeah. God's holy, and, and they can't look like Moses. They you can know, look on can't him.
2: Look, right. look upon Him. Right. And to me, that was just—I don't know—that just struck me.
1: The <coughs> seraphim, their 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 song, uh, "Holy, holy, holy," that is the the ancient Sanctus. It shows up mm-hmm. in Revelation as well. Mm-hmm. As the eternal song that is sung, and has crept its way, I think appropriately into both Jewish and Christian liturgy and hymnody. I mean, uh, even as I say it, I can't do it hardly without doing that the singing old singing. Yeah, sing, mm. holy, 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 it's which is my a favorite different song. Right? Uh, the whole earth is full it's of it's his full glory. It's the right. Sanctus. It, it's mm-hmm. it, it's just this thing that Christians can't help but sing, and so you get the. The, the, the language there, why three holies? Because mm-hmm. they, Dollar, uh, my, okay, here's good. my my upbringing of where that was, I was always taught this, so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, or I was, it was more of the Baptist um, warped teaching, but is that in their language, you're setting yourself up for failure. Let me tell you what I think, and that was brought and up and in no, Baptist No, I'm going to tell you what I understand, but I'm learning as an adult. There were a lot of things I was told as a child that were kind of like not that, Great, but they didn't have have made a list. Uh, (laughs) They just kind of pop in my head as the trauma kicks in. So (laughs) they didn't have a way to say holy, holy, or holiest. Therefore, they repeated word to emphasize, like that was good. That was good, good. That was good, good, good. Mm -hmm. And so that was it was a way to emphasize something. How far off am I? That's that's accurate linguistically, but you still could say holy is the lord the earth is full of his glory Doesn't need to say the you three you don't need to say the three um the, there's lots of ideas here on this cuz who are they talking to the lord are you sure check the text the lord i believe they're talking to each other
3: right he's not saying holy holy ho- holy you are the lord of hosts they're talking to well, they're mm-hmm. praising the Lord. Well, says, but, yeah, they're they
2: praising him.
1: It <laughs> yeah. says, sorry, my head was turned away <laughs> after reading. One called to another and <laughs> Why said... Why can't I hear myself? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at? And, yeah. and they called back and forth one to another. Yeah. Right. right. So how many of them are there?
3: It says
2: him.
1: There's one and another.
3: <laughs> <He almost laughs> at <does>. least two.
2: <laughs>
1: so maybe called there's three another. seraphim. Which
3: I could see for the trinity, which mm-hmm. would be the holy, holy, holy for the trinity. That's
1: exactly where yeah. I'm, I am I lead more in that direction mm-hmm. than I lean into a grammatical that, the Emphasis. that they were trying to say he's yeah. he's, he's holy, holier holiest. holiest,
3: right? Holy father, holy son, holy spirit. I think this is mm. more
1: in numbers. Oh, so I was thinking of See two what of I mean. See what that? I mean right there. But I was throwing yeah. that out there and there I learned something new. <laughs> well, they didn't put this in Lifeway. <laughs> the. uh <laughs> Because, see, the, we're not told how many seraphim there are. We're told that there are more than one. Above him stood the seraphim. Mm-hmm. Each had six wings. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how many there are. And then we to, we're told that they call one to another, mm-hmm. right? We know that one singles him out later. Mm-hmm. But I perceive that there's three of them. And they're holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. Holy and then maybe all together yeah. is the, the Lord, Lord God, God Almighty yeah. the well, whole earth is full of response. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. As
3: a side thought, do you think there's some Christian school somewhere um, using this as like one of their testing questions like if there were 5 seraphim, how many wings is that all together? <laughs> no. probably how I'm many sure feet are those is. all together you're but, really
1: but our resident teacher would would see that we are there. recording this on the first day of school here at public <laughs> school here in marble falls and so she's really missing that
3: i am not uh, if I Isaiah saw five
1: angels five seraphim <laughs> and each seraphim had six wings how many wings did isaiah <laughs> see
3: <laughs> if the first one started flying if the first one started flying, how long till the second one reached the train station?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another one subject. was flying <laughs> at 20 miles an hour, and the other one... <laughs> oh, dear.
3: Okay, sorry,
1: uh, So yeah. we see
2: what Isaiah, Isaiah sees, right? And then we we see what he hears, and then it's it talks about the but, foundations.
1: But do we hear what sh- he hears?
2: He yeah hears.
1: But do we hear it? Mm-hmm. Do and we it, do we hear the? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Does Isaiah hear the it? The whole earth is full of His is glory. Is that your You're saying Us as the reader. Yeah. Can us we, can as the we actually hear it? The reader. This, yes. The, the, Isaiah has broken his. He breaks his story up to give us this little liturgy. Mm-hmm. It's meant for us to meditate on and dwell on. Right. Can you hear it? Yes. You're supposed. Can, can I, you're right. I know where you're going mm-hmm. with this. You're perfectly, you're brilliant, Misty. Okay. All of well, the let's senses. Not get away. Well, she is. <laughs> all the senses are engaged in this. Right. He sees the Lord, mm-hmm. and then he sees the seraphim. He hears the song. The building shakes, and then he feels the altar mm-hmm. uh, cold on his mouth. Mm-hmm. It's all in mm-hmm. for him. Literal. I L- mean, that's literally. A,
2: literally, yeah. He's feeling this and experiencing it. So,
1: so, again, I think this is one of the most primary passages for worship in all the mm-hmm. Bible. When we worship the Lord, mm-hmm. do when we, we engage, engage in the same way with mm-hmm. all the senses? Mm-hmm. Do we see the Lord? Well, h- how do you see the Lord? Mm-hmm. Well, use your imagination. Or look around at other people and see the face of Jesus mm-hmm. and the people you're standing beside. Mm-hmm. Do you hear the words? C- could you just stop and hear holy, holy, holy is the Lord mm-hmm. God Almighty. Some parts of the earth inhabit a little bit of his glory. No. The whole earth is filled with his glory. He wants you to sit on that that for a long mm-hmm. time. And I, I, I th- um, something either back from my college classes or maybe early on in ministry, I heard at a conference or whatever. I believe, if I'm wrong, correct me. It was uh, we will. It was I either read it or I remember it as being is being attributed to, to to Kierkegaard, if I'm saying that properly. Um, but it had to do with corporate worship, and it said we become a culture. And this was probably back in the '90s, even realizing this. But a culture that church is you you see the congregants as the audience with the ministers or the worship leaders as the performers on the stage. And he was like, no, that's not what it is. It's it's you say God is the audience, I guess the the. Crowd, The worshipers are, are the participants, the actors, the whatever you want to call it. And the people on the platform are the prompters from behind the curtains trying to help them see God. And I think we, if that explanation made sense, we, we definitely live in a culture where church is a non-participatory. I'm going to watch what those people on the platform do and maybe engage with it, whether God the idea of seeing God is even crosses their mind or not. You've just opened up a box. You may not know the box that you've just opened up, but it is a box. Which part of the box do you want to live in? You want to go to Kierkegaard? Just go for it. <sighs> I be- If you were in the 90s at this conference, I would almost guarantee you that is a part of the Fred Craddock preaching concept that came out of his book, Overhearing the Gospel, because that's a part of what he writes in there is this idea that he borrows from Kierkegaard that we we do worship at church. He's mostly about preaching because he's a preaching mm-hmm. guy. We do worship at church. We are not overtly like reducing the knowing God into four or five PowerPoint lines or uh, here, the classic Baptist Here's your sinner's prayer. Mm. He says, instead, what we do is we're talking about the mysteries of God. and People actually overhear us. Mm. And as a part of that overhearing, overhearing our worship of God. And in that concept of that, they're pulled in by the Holy Spirit. We've written the Holy Spirit out of it mm. by our rhetoric and didactic. That's that may be, That's one part of the box you opened. The other part of the box you opened is the concept of where we're at today, which I think one of the reasons why church attendance is plummeting, and not in our church. For those of you listening, we're doing really well. I think really well, but uh, people are all over the country are wringing their hands every day. Denominational leaders, especially, over the lack of people coming to church. It's it's it's, it's actually fallen off dramatically. Mm-hmm. They thought it was COVID, but COVID's pretty much over, and a lot haven't come back yet. And I think part of the reason is is there's no transcendent mystery present. We've packaged God into um, something that I can understand, mm-hmm. something I can comprehend. Life application. Right, it's, it's how to do this something better. And, 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 and people can get that from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you cannot out YouTube YouTube, and you cannot out sing uh, the Grammys, and you cannot out act Hollywood, you're not going to be able to perform the entertainment better than somebody else. So they're just going to go somewhere else where they can get it better. TikTok's far more entertaining Mm -hmm. than church. And so if you're looking for entertainment, that's a much better way to spend Sunday morning because you can do it in your pajamas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we offer at church, though, is something that can, if we do it right, cannot be found anywhere else. And that is the holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I think that's the box you're opening. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Well,
3: and it is, oh, sorry, oh. go ahead.
1: Sorry, ladies, I, I really
3: well, and
2: just monopolized the time to there. add to that, you know, when it talks about, you know, uh, the Lord sitting up on a throne high and lifted up, you know, people don't want to see the, that throne um, specifically for the Lord. They want to make thrones for themselves, you know, and lift themselves up, invite God into their plans, right, and do it their way instead of, you know, exalting him the way we're supposed make to. My, help me make my good. life work yeah. better. Well, when, as
1: I go back to the 12 steps again, I, I realized my life was unmanageable, and I think of Isaiah here. He sees this vision. He hears these things, and he's, like, awestruck. Sure. And what's his first response? Whoa! Whoa I am me. not worthy to be experiencing this right mm. now let's go there in a minute but yeah. let's, let's finish because both of you ladies open your mouth at the exact mm-hmm. same time
3: mm-hmm. I was just going to talk about the um when we think about the age and the access to media that students or that adults have now that there's not a lot of mystery with life they always think they can figure something out mm. um, even <coughs> there's just not a lot of mystery so I've Feel like that when people realize, like there is still a mystery with God, like that it's still that's still active, that you know, that's important. I, I don't know.
1: Can we vital. cut all that out? It's a vital. I don't know. It's a vital. Anything else on Isn't seraphim? It? That was all just on seraphim. I love
2: it. I love it.
3: So how does this relate to Revelations four eight, where it talks about the four creatures?
1: <coughs> right. So I- again, it's it's na- it doesn't say the word seraphim, right? Mm-hmm. But they do it the same, same things.
3: They have different faces, though, mm-hmm. like a lion and an eagle.
1: They do. Maybe they are different names of different kinds of semi. We, we don't know. Uh, th- that's one of my pet peeves or angelologist who I've got a book in here that I brought in. It's, it's, it spends all its time <laughs> it's categorizing. Books, <laughs> I do have, bu- I've looked at none of them. <laughs> Not, I looked at it before I came mm-hmm. in here, though. Um, but this book, I uh, read it years ago. It, it takes all the little disparate information you have in the Bible and seeks to categorize the angels by like like you would a, a sergeant first class <laughs> or petty officer or um, lieutenant lieutenant commander you know all these mm-hmm. different kinds of things ensign you're going to line these angels up by rank and power as if we know about to mm. say yeah. right
3: it's still that's still the same as it we tried to do and how know? different are Figure these all i, I mm-hmm. just don't
1: know i I know that there are spiritual beings. I fully affirm that there are mm-hmm. spiritual beings. I have encountered spiritual mm-hmm. beings, uh, but I will tell you that if you think you know what's going on, you, you are don't. an idiot. Unless you have specific insight from God, unless God has given you something specific, we we're not. But that's what they say. God told me this, or God showed me this, or I had this revelation, or whatever. There's a lot of people that use those phrases yeah, to and then, to then, sell their but stuff. But then you start asking. How did he tell you? Oh, I yeah. I get you. Right. Yeah. And
3: maybe Isaiah didn't have the words for what the Lord looks like. Maybe maybe there just wasn't the yeah. right words to You describe know who else that. didn't
1: quite have all the words? <laughs> Ezekiel. <laughs> he's my he's my favorite. Yeah. Ezekiel <laughs> chapter one. Whatever he saw. <laughs> he was like <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that should be the way so it is. So. I mean, it's like I don't have the language, the words to describe what I'm seeing Well, can here. you
2: imagine? You just try to put yourself into this, um, I don't even know what you call it. I mean, Negative, you just try of, to put yourself yeah. there. and ima- You can't even imagine what, what it's like or what you would do or what you would feel like. No. Th- there's no way. There's no way to know.
1: There's no way to know. This concludes part one of episode one of season seven on our opening discussion of isaiah we decided during our break that we were gonna go ahead and break this first uh, first episode up into two parts so we'll we will release them together so you should be able to just carry on from this one right into part two but just wanted to give you a heads up uh, that's what happened so check out part two
0: Thanks so much for listening to Under the Water Tower, a podcast dedicated to honest discussion of the Bible. To donate to this ministry, just go to fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane.